You're listening to episode number 103 of the Self-Care Sunday podcast, a minimalist media project by Kaylee Reed, and today's episode is an update on all things going on in my life since I took a four-month hiatus from producing the show. So if you're new here, my name is Kaylee. I'm the host of Self-Care Sunday, a podcast which I started after experiencing pretty intense burnup from my first startup and essentially wanted to create a minimal media project to document my own mental health and business journey. So in this podcast, I talk about everything related to social media, entrepreneurship, creativity, of course, self-care and how all of these things tie into our self-care. And I occasionally bring on guests who I admire to share their own journeys and lessons learned with you guys. Last week, I started a mini segment for Self-Care Sunday recommendations, which is basically something that I'm loving this week that has been a part of my self-care routine, whether it's a product, a book, a podcast episode. Last week, I mentioned the book Big Magic by Elizabeth Gilbert, and it is one of my favorite books for creatives and creative living. Um, Going off of that, Elizabeth Gilbert has always been an inspiration in my self-care and creative journey. And so this week's self-care recommendation is something that I've been listening to and have listened to multiple times over the past few years, which is a podcast episode on Oprah's Super Soul Sundays podcast. It is, of course, an interview with Elizabeth Gilbert, and the title of the podcast is just Elizabeth Gilbert Part 1, Your Life's Calling. It is a two-part podcast. Whether or not you have read Big Magic or listened to the audiobook, I feel like this two-part podcast series is just great for their insight into creative living and finding your purpose and so So if you listen to this before you read the book, totally fine. But if you've read the book and you're looking for more Elizabeth Gilbert, um, this is my weekly recommendation this week. I'm going to leave the link for that in the show notes below. And now let's get into today's episode. So I took a four-month hiatus from Self-Care Sunday, which is the longest break that I've ever taken from the podcast since I started it. And the reason for that was mainly to avoid burnout and be able to practice my own self-care because over the past few months, my work has looked completely different than it did in 2020 and things were just growing really quickly. I have hired a team and I'm going to share more about that process in today's episode, Um, but I really needed to just focus my self-care on actual self-care and not on talking about self-care. So I took a break from the podcast and I think the best place to start this episode is to talk about what I actually do for my job because most people know that I work in influencer marketing, but for a lot of people that is very vague and uh, what I actually do day to day remains a mystery. So what is my job? Up until January 2021, I was splitting my time between being a talent manager, managing influencer relationships for clients, and creating my own content. So a talent manager is basically somebody who represents influencers and is managing the brand deals that come into that influencer's inbox, negotiating with brands, reviewing contracts, that sort of thing. On the brand client side, I am hired by brands to essentially help create and craft their influencer strategies, manage and build relationships with influencers on behalf of the brand, and execute campaigns. 
And then the third prong of what I've always done is creating my own content. So things like this podcast, my Gilmore Girls TikToks, content on my own Instagram account, my YouTube, that sort of thing. Now in 2020, when TikTok started blowing up, I also got some cool opportunities to work in TikTok strategy. And one most notably was working with the Some Good News team to launch John Krasinski's quarantine show, Some Good News, on TikTok. And I grew that account to 1.3 million followers and have been starting to work with other brand clients on TikTok basically since I did that project, which was probably my highlight of 2020. Up until the winter of 2020, it was just me and my sister, who is the original Aramana and who inspired me to name my agency Aramana Agency. And then in the winter of 2020, I also hired Natalie, who is my content manager and runs the Self-Care Sunday and Hermana Socials. But going into 2021, I had secured quite a few clients for the new year and was honestly a little bit worried of how much work I had said yes to, and it was all things I was super excited about, but also way more work than I knew I could handle alone. And things just like kept coming and kept coming. And so 2021 was the year that I decided I needed to make my first like real team hire outside of um, my sister, who's my assistant, and Natalie. And so I decided to make my first influencer marketing hire, McCall, who had actually come to one of our Daydreamers events last year and who I'd met through social media She's a content creator and had been messaging me for months actually about working with me and I've always been so busy and just burdened myself with taking on so many things and not allowing myself to delegate and I was also really unsure at what point I'd be able to commit to bringing on an actual employee versus a contractor. As you guys know from previous episodes, I didn't want to hire before I was ready to so I really just kept working as much as I could, even if it meant like 12 hour days for me to make sure that my business was in a super sustainable place that I would be able to hire somebody long term. So I explained this to McCall and she gratefully was on board to basically join Hermana in these startup phases and see where it went. So she came on in the beginning in a freelance capacity at first, basically helping coordinate all things influencer, whether that was helping with some talent management or some actual campaigns that we were running. And honestly, as soon as she came on, it was like a weight had been lifted off my shoulders and I realized I needed more help than I really acknowledged previously. So I think within one or two months, her hours had doubled. And then I hired her as my first full-time employee where her role has really shifted to that of being a talent manager, helping build out our management workflow on Notion and making sure all of our influencers are organized with their brand deals. So basically staying on top of emails, brand inquiries, having calls with our influencers to keep them up to date on everything going on when we're pitching them. She is doing negotiations and pitches and really just supporting the influencers on our roster in all of their brand deals and in their growth. So then a couple months after McCall started, I brought on another person, Brooke, who I worked with on one influencer campaign actually in 2020 and I knew through a mutual friend 
And Brooke was doing her own influencer marketing in Saskatchewan, where she's based, and basically approached me to kind of join forces and work together as a team. So she brought a couple of her clients over and now works as an account manager executing the influencer campaigns for our brand clients. So essentially casting influencers, being the client contact, and making sure that campaigns run smoothly and stay on track. The whole hiring process for me was honestly a little bit scary and it took me a long time, probably longer than it should have taken me to commit to bringing these two amazing people onto my team, mostly because um, in my first startup, I was really young and I was thrown into a position where I was managing other people my age and older than me and I felt like I wasn't actually doing the things which I loved, which was the creative and the execution, and I just became a manager. And I've probably talked about this on this podcast before, where I didn't want to grow Hermana because I always wanted to keep my hands in things, and I always wanted to be the one executing things because that's what I love about the work that I do. Managing, quote-unquote, is like not my favorite thing to do in a company and so I think that also played into why I was really hesitant to bring on other people but I think what I learned is like if you're bringing on people who a can be trained and are eager to learn and eager to take on more responsibility that's a win Um, and b are self-directed enough that you can be like here's what you are owning here's your project here's what i need you to do or figure out and they can take it and run with it and figure it out or do it better than you would that's another win so that's really what i was looking for is other people that can bring to the table be additive and not necessarily be people that i'm micromanaging on things because i think that's where a lot of my fear of management came from and that was a weakness that i had previously as a manager and something that I'm trying to uh, not do in this company, but it is hard and it is a process to go from the creative or the execution person that's like doing all of the things to then mapping out those processes and those workflows and teaching and showing other people how to do what you do. I talked about this in my last episode, but finding the right people I think is just the most important thing. And what I've really looked for when hiring is not necessarily people with very specific skill sets, although each of them do have strengths and different things, but it's been looking for people who are flexible, malleable, willing to learn, willing to grow, and eager to be a part of the industry. I think especially with a small business, things can evolve and change so quickly. And especially for us over the past few months, I feel like every week something is changing sometimes. So those are really the characteristics that I was looking for. And so because I was able to hire on more people to manage the influencer side of the business, I was able to spend more of my time on TikTok clients which I knew was going to be a really big part of my 2021 because by the end of 2020, the inquiries were very present and I was basically picking and choosing who I thought I would be able to dedicate my time to and who I really wanted to work with. Like, 
I'm very grateful that at this point in my career, I'm able to say, yes, this is a project or a client that I'm really excited by and that I want to spend my days on because I'm inspired by it or I'm passionate about it or I think it's going to be really fun versus in my early days of freelancing, you know, if you're just starting out, you're saying yes to anything that's coming your way. So I am really proud of getting to this point after I guess four years now of really being in the freelancing space. But all that being said, the TikTok side of my business is something I have both a love and hate for. I love TikTok for so many reasons. I think the first being that the content and the community there finally feels innovative and fun and incredibly entertaining in a way that Instagram has felt stagnant for so long and I feel like this platform forces you to be creative in ways that you wouldn't otherwise. Beyond that, it's also a platform that brought viral moments and democratized them for the average user. So anybody could be somebody on TikTok, create a great piece of content, something really funny, something really creative, and go viral and gain a following overnight versus platforms like YouTube and Instagram that have really been so challenging to grow in in the past couple of years that if you have not been an established blogger or influencer, um, the growth that you see on these platforms is just minuscule compared to the algorithm on TikTok. So I fell in love with TikTok for all of these reasons. I've had many, many, many viral moments on the platform for myself, for clients. I think at the end of 2020, when I was doing some wrap-ups, I had hit 125 million organic views on TikTok that year which is just a number that I could never say out loud for a platform like Instagram or YouTube. In the same breath, I have a challenging relationship with TikTok that love-hate, and the hate side is because it is a very fickle platform. The algorithm is less consistent than Instagram, so once you build a following, uh, your average views are not as consistent as you would have on Instagram where let's say you have 10,000 followers on Instagram and you can pretty consistently tell, okay, I'm going to get 1,000 views on these things. On TikTok, the algorithm's just so all over the place that it hit, if it hits the For You page, you could get 100,000 views or you could post something tomorrow and get 500 views. And I think that in a way can really affect your mental health as a content creator um, because there is these really big wins but also a lot of work and a lot of low periods where you feel like things aren't necessarily clicking on the For You page. The other layer to TikTok is that it is very trend heavy which is something that I love and I think plays into a lot of the cool creative concepts, but also means that my job is just a lot of time spent on the platform consuming a ton of content in order to conceptualize how to utilize those trends in my own or in branded content in a unique way, and also just being aware of all of the trending audios, memes, things that are happening. Because on TikTok, the trends can literally change from day to day. You could be planning a piece of content on Monday 
And by Friday, that piece of content, that trend or audio or whatever is already overused and people are on to the next thing. And so I think a lot of um, people from the outside looking in, if you think of like what a TikTok content creator does for a brand, you might think it's maybe an easy job because it's quote unquote just TikToks, but so much of it is that brainstorming, that conceptualization and then going through the approval process and edits and things that take a ton of time with branded content. So because of these factors, you know, the algorithm, the trends, TikTok can be very creatively inspiring, but also creatively draining, especially if you're working on TikTok every single day, because I'll give you an example. My screen time for the first three months of 2021 was around 11 to 11 and a half hours a day. Um, and on top of that, I was doing emails and strategy and other things on my laptop. So basically from the moment I woke up to the second I fell asleep, my entire life was spent on a screen and a good portion of that was spent on TikTok. And spending that much time consuming content and creating content meant that I barely posted on my personal TikTok or Instagram. It may be reduced to like once a week or once every two weeks. And then I just had zero energy to produce the podcast, which is pretty much the reason why I took such a long hiatus was because my days were just so busy and so consumed with client work. Um, and honestly, I just needed my weekends to unplug and recharge. And even then, I was usually editing content and posting daily because, of course, when you work in social media, you don't always get a break on the weekends. Like, it, it does tend to be a daily thing that you're keeping on top of, whether it's keeping on top of trends or just physically posting daily. And something I think people don't realize about TikTok too is that unlike other platforms, you can pretty much schedule everything and go. Um, the solutions for TikTok are not as sophisticated. So for example, if I create a draft on a client's TikTok account and I want them to review it before it goes live, they cannot just log into the account and see the draft. The drafts only save to the device that they were created on. They don't save in the cloud. So the only way to post a draft from TikTok is for the person who created that draft to post it in real time from the account that it was created on. Then when you layer in things like brand approvals where you have to screen record the video, there's no easy way to download it. There's just a lot of kinks like that which make TikTok content management a bit more of a process than other social platforms and add on the fact that everything is video, which in general, video content creation takes a lot more work to edit, to find the right music, caption, etc., than just a still photo. Now, I'm talking about a lot of the downsides, but look, I fully signed up for this. Like, I knew exactly what I was getting myself into with this work, and I do love it. Like, it is really cool to be able to say that you make TikToks for work. Like that is my work a lot of days and I am not saying all of this because I would in any way want to change that. I think just giving that perspective to what really goes into these things helps justify when people kind of look at things with a raised eyebrow or question like why would I pay that much to have someone run my TikTok account or like 
Why would I hire a professional to do that when I could just hire like a teenager to do it? You know, there is still a lot of those misperceptions around content creation and social media management that I think are kind of going away. Some of those barriers are being broken, but um, it is always funny when people assume that like, you know, an intern runs a brand's social media account when in reality it's social media professionals who have like five to ten plus years of experience in the space that are the ones behind the strategy and behind the content. Okay, so you've got the backstory of everything that's gone on in the past few months and now I just want to take the rest of the episode to talk about the cool clients and projects that we've been working on, some wins, some milestones, and what is next in the coming months, which I don't know how much of that I'm ready to disclose with you guys, but we'll see. That will be for the end. So let's start with Calm. The Calm app, if you are unfamiliar, is the number one meditation and sleep app with a ton of really cool celebrity partners like Matthew McConaughey and of course Harry Styles. So last year, if you missed it, Calm partnered with Harry Styles to narrate a sleep story called Dream With Me and it went super viral on TikTok. But of course, at the time, Calm didn't have a TikTok presence. So my role was basically to come in and help launch their TikTok account, doing everything from securing that verified blue badge on TikTok to helping create the overall strategy for the platform and tapping into different organic influencer partnerships, celebrity content, all of that fun stuff. So some of my favorite pieces of content to work on have been for uh, the partnerships that they have. So editing TikTok content for Keith Urban, Tabitha Brown, Sean Mendez, and Camila Cabello most recently. And also producing one specific piece of content that I'm really proud of that gained the account like 20,000 followers overnight, basically. And at the time of recording this, the account is at just over 38,000 followers. So I'm really proud. I just have loved working on this project this year and it's definitely been a highlight for me another highlight this year was working on lfd or let's effing date i'm not gonna swear because i need to put the explicit uh disclaimer on apple Podcasts if i do and it messes with the algorithm so we'll keep it at lfd lfd is the first reality dating show on instagram that serena kerrigan started and she started it during quarantine, dated 50 guys over Instagram Live in front of thousands of her followers, and started a season three this year, uh, 2021, which I was a part of. That was so much fun to work on. Um, I was basically working on TikTok and Clubhouse things, and also just kind of helping in general on some marketing things for LFD, but my main role was to help bring the show to new audiences on TikTok and be repurposing a lot of the show content with relevant memes and trending audios for the TikTok audience. So for season three, I was able to generate 3 million views for the season three content, which was really fun. That lasted about three weeks, I think, season three, and we also hit 10,000 followers, and now 
Um, Serena's working on some really cool things for LFD in the future. So if you're not already following her, she is one of the influencers that you definitely want to be keeping on your radar. She's also in the new season of Siesta Key, which I haven't watched yet, um, but it's on my list to binge in the coming weeks. Shifting away from TikTok and moving to Clubhouse, Clubhouse is something that I did not anticipate in my content strategy or business strategy at all this year. It kind of came out of nowhere and my friend Tanisha, who is also an influencer, uh, convinced me and Carly to join Clubhouse at the end of 2020 and it basically took over a large portion of my life in a really good way. It became my favorite new platform for certain things and I think the biggest thing is just finding that connection through long-form content again, similar to how you feel when you're listening to a podcast. Clubhouse became part of that for me and I think it's also a reason why I took some time off of podcasting and felt okay doing that because Clubhouse became eventually part of my daily routine where I was talking and sharing about all things influencer marketing and I think it filled some of that audio content void for me. Now the highlight for me on Clubhouse was hitting 10,000 followers in our club, The Creator Lounge, and that just came from continuing to show up and do rooms that provided value to people and I just never really anticipated hitting that number on that platform and I think it's a great example of being able to join new platforms and shift your content strategy to adapt to what's happening and what's trending and while Clubhouse is definitely on the decline for users um, especially with things opening up again and people being really ready and eager to spend time with each other in real life and not on your phone um I think it was a really great kind of experiment and challenge for us to be providing value on that platform and using a different medium. And so hitting that 10,000 mark felt really, really good. It was also kind of crazy because I've, again, been on Instagram for how many years? I guess since 2014 probably. Um, and I'm just getting past the 10,000 mark now. I'm at 10.8 thousand as of today recording and really have only seen a growth in that because of TikTok and Clubhouse, um, two platforms that are totally new but that I feel like have been way easier to grow on than what I would consider the most solid platform and the foundation of my business, which has been Instagram. Now, the final win I want to share is a financial one, but not for me or for my business. For one of the influencers on our roster who in the first quarter of 2021 hit six figures in brand deals, which for a mid-tier influencer, I would say is kind of unheard of in a way on the other hand it's not because when you understand the industry and learn to negotiate and can set your rates and create content that's in demand like these things are super possible but being a full-time content creator is just hard in general like i don't think people give content creators enough credit um, getting brand deals can be tricky negotiating the right rates figuring out other streams of income 
creating organic content to keep growing your platform so that you're not just posting sponsored content. It honestly is a full-time job and um, a lot of people can't make it work because it is a lot of work and unless you're producing super valuable content and understanding your worth and your value enough to negotiate those rates, it's really challenging to do it full-time. But that's why I'm really, really proud of hitting that milestone for one of our influencers and something that I think even last year could not have forecasted that in just three months we would do what we were doing basically all year the year before that so that was a win and i think if you're a content creator listening or a freelancer or somebody who's kind of just starting out in this space use that as inspiration to know that money is out there brands have money to pay for these things and a lot of influencers are being compensated super well for the content they're creating and if you feel like you're not quite at that point it just takes time and work and like this influencer for example has been doing this for uh, seven years I think starting out with a blog then YouTube then Instagram and even me like when I look at the clients that we're working with now I'm super proud and so excited to be doing the work that we do but also it took however many years to get here and I like to plug that as a final reminder because I know that social media can be full of the highlight reel and it gets really easy to compare yourself especially with like career journeys and social media videos going viral content like whatever it is It's just so easy to pit ourselves against each other and feel like you're not doing enough. And so I just want to emphasize that like your time is coming if you are a creator. The creator economy, this industry, marketing, social media, which I know are industries that many of my listeners belong to, um, are very fruitful industries that are only just starting. Like we are just at the baby beginning of social media the way the internet was at the baby beginning in the 90s and there is so much opportunity and so much potential and I share these wins as inspiration but also grounding you in the comfort that none of this happens overnight and if you feel like you are behind in your career, I still feel that way. (laughs) Like pretty much every day I feel imposter syndrome And pretty much every successful woman I know, um, no matter how perfect their life looks on social media, there are still those insecurities and still this need and drive to do better than we're doing. So my reminder for you today is that you are doing enough. You are doing so much, in fact, and you are going to continue to do even better and cooler things and continue to create and innovate and grow in your career. Don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20. And with that, I'm going to end the episode here. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and until next time, happy self-care Sunday, everyone. Mm